can one say this is game seven? Hockey is back. Hockey's officially coming back, provided nothing goes wrong between now and the end of July. But that is besides the point. July 28th, the NHL will be having some exhibition games before the play-in rounds. Uh, teams have announced some players that aren't coming to camp for various reasons. Other teams are waiting on some players to make up their minds. Players have been announced with COVID. With all this pandemonium going on, of course, we're going to talk about the Ottawa rebrand first. So before we get into all that, uh, welcome everyone once again to the Little Hockey Podcast. My name is Keegan. I am alongside my brother Jordan, as always, and we are going to talk about hockey news. And we usually relate it to Ottawa and Toronto, but for now, it's just kind of general hockey news. As always, follow the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Little Hockey Pod. And with that, we got a fair bit of stuff we want to cover, so let's just jump right into it. And uh, Jordan, I'll ask you. Uh, before we get into all the playoff predictions that we want to get into, let's quickly talk about this Ottawa rebrand that it looks like it has essentially been confirmed by everyone other than the franchise itself. So what do you think of it? What do you think is a good idea? You think it's going to go well? Yeah, I think it's exciting. Um, the current logo, it isn't really a, a favorite for a lot of the fans from my understanding. And there's been a lot of push recently for a rebrand just to, uh, you know, change the identity of the franchise, uh, especially, you know, they've moved away from a lot of the players that have uh, been the base of the franchise since expansion. Like there's no more Jason Spezza, Daniel Alfredson playing for the team. Um, so it's, it's time to get a new, a new look going. Um, that said, they're going, by the sounds of it, they're going to uh, revert back to the original design or kind of original design inspiration for this rebrand um we've seen some potential leaks for what the logo looks like yeah but um actually i've seen some stuff in the last couple of days that those so-called leaks may not actually be the new logo it could just be uh a logo a logo that has been used in the past like i've seen some people say that they've had uh, that logo on some of their merchandise that is like 15 years old yeah so um, um yeah, for those of you that, that don't know what we're talking about, the, the Senators are rebranding um, supposedly back to the uh, what's known as the 2D logo from uh, the early, um, you know, the, the first logo that they had when they came back to Ottawa in the early 90s, and then they uh, moved away from it in 2007 after their uh, run to the cup final. Uh, and then that's when uh, this current iteration of the logo and uniform replaced it um and it looked like there was kind of some tweaks to it some like uh, subtle color changes but uh it's uh, it's kind of seeming now that that what we've seen coming out uh, like on twitter and stuff over the last few days may just be an older logo that has 
kind of resurfaced. I don't really know what um, the reasoning for changing the colors like 10, 15 years ago would have been seeing as it was like a no longer used uh, image for the team really. But uh, yeah, as a sense fan, what are, what are your thoughts on it? I think it's the, I think personally this is the perfect time to be doing it. Cause like you said, the main faces of the franchise that are associated with the current logo are no longer there. Mm-hmm. You know, Spezza Alfredson, uh, Heatley, when that logo was first introduced was still a major part of the team. And then after the Heatley trade, like people were thinking like, Oh, McCulloch, uh, Bobby Ryan, the, the year that he, he was traded for that singer that Alfredson left for Detroit. Uh, Eric Carlson was a big part of it. Cause we drafted him just a few years at a few years after we switched to that logo and he's gone. And it just, the senators are trying to do a change from the ground up. Uh, you know, it started with the players and now it's going to go with into the actual identity of the organization, which I think is a right move. We saw a similar thing happen in Toronto back at the end of the 2014, 15 year. Right. Yeah, that's right. right. Or, or uh, 2016. 15, 16. Yeah. Yeah. Cause uh, the 16, 17 year was the first year that they played with the jerseys they have now. Right. Yeah. That was Matthews and Martyrs first full year. Um. I think it's a good idea. I think it'll liven things up a little bit. Ottawa, Sense fans especially, have been craving something new and something to look forward to. And we just – we haven't had something consistent for a while now. We had Carlson back in the day, but we kind of knew he was on a bit of an island. And then with the emergence of Hoffman and Stone, we thought, oh, yeah, maybe something could happen. But obviously we all know what ended up happening. Hoffman and Carlson had personal issues, it seemed. Um, we ended up dealing both of them. Mark Stone, who was thought to be the next captain, didn't want to stay because of Melnick. And it's just the fans and the organization needs a fresh start. So with that, with the rebrand, which apparently has been in the works for a few years. Yeah, they um, tried to do it when Tom Anselmi was still uh, president of the team. Um, you know, that though the 15 minutes that he, he was with the Senators, he was pushing really hard for a rebrand. That was when they put the, uh, the O logo that they use on their alternates. Uh, yep. He was the one that put that logo at center ice. And a lot of people had kind of uh, thought that that, would, that was signaling a transition to using that O logo uh, as, the, uh, as the, the primary image for the team. Um, it seems like that's kind of lost a little bit of favor in the organization just based off of the rumors coming out now of uh, them going back. Going to, back to the 2D. Yeah, the 2D original logo from the night. Or... So, like close to the original logo from the early nineties. It's like mid nine. It's like late nineties to mid two thousands when they used the one that they've been referencing. Cause the original one on the actual like shield of the centurion had it written Ottawa senators yeah, rather than it just right. being like a design. So the one that they're referencing is from the late nineties to mid two thousands before they did the, the rebrand after the cup run, like you were saying. And, and they, they may have, by the sounds of it, they're making some alterations to that logo. Like, who knows what that is? It could be something as yep. small as the uh, the color change that's been uh, floating around Twitter. Um, or it could be something a little bit more significant. Uh, I don't see what else they would be doing to it because uh, that logo is just so popular with the fans. The 2D one, yeah. I I personally would have preferred having the O logo as the main one. I hope I still have a shred of hope that they'll at least make the logo as the third jersey which we haven't gotten many details on what the third jersey might be but i don't mind the 2d i do like it 
I like the O more, but I still really like the 2D. And if this re- rebrand does happen, we're expected to get more details and maybe an official announcement closer to the draft. Yeah. If it does happen, like I'll I'll get I'll get a new jersey, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but some fans have been speculating too that this might come with another announcement. Some people wanted to come with an announcement of a Brady Kachuk extension, or even the announcement of a captain. I don't think a captain announcement would come this year. I think we should give some more of the young guys a bit more of a chance to establish themselves before we pick a captain. Though I do fully expect it to be one of Shabbat or Kachuk. Yeah, a lot of what I've been hearing is uh, kind of the odds-on favorite right now is Kachuk. And yes, I've heard that too. If they are looking towards um, naming a captain for the upcoming season, whenever that starts, um, I, I could see them doing like a three-in-one of announcing a Brady Kachuk extension and then him being the one to uh, uh, introduce the rebranded uniform. Yeah. I, uh, I'm along just... with the C on it. I'm just against naming someone as your captain when they're still on the ELC. Like it's a little old fashioned, but I just like that, that kind of um, treatment. And uh, it's like a special circumstance. Like the only players I can think of that were awarded this captain C when they were still on their ELC was like Crosby, McDavid and Gabriel Landeskog randomly mm-hmm. when he was still in Colorado. But like, Kachuk's not one of those players. I love him, and I kind of hope he is the next captain, but give him one more year. Let him off his ELC. Get him onto his what will be then his extension, and then just say, hey, yeah, I'm here for a long time. Here's the C. I'm going to be the leader of this team now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's probably a pretty safe course of action. Um, I still think that um, Kachuk is most likely to be the captain whenever they do name him or name yeah. name a, a captain um it, it's just a matter of uh, how long he wants to stick around in ottawa i think by the sounds of it a lot of these young guys apparently like love it in ottawa right now which is very encouraging to hear well um, yeah well the problem with that though is that a lot of them haven't uh felt dealt the, with uh, well they haven't dealt with the uh the pressure of the city when the team is successful because that that put a lot of pressure on players like the, early on in Daniel Alfredson's captaincy, the city was all over him. Um, Jason Spezza, the, the like we basically ran him out of town. Um, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, so it's uh, the the real oh. test for these young guys is going to come once they have some success, some success, and uh, then they'll get a better idea of what it's like to be an Ottawa Senator. Cause r- right now there's no expectations. Uh, no one's going to the games cause nobody likes the owner, but if the team starts performing well, then they may be willing to look past how much they hate the owner and then they'll show up at the games. Hopefully that uh, brings a little bit more success and then that brings more pressure too. So. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens. I I think I might end, might end up going to some more of the games with the rebrand because I I don't mind those all black jerseys. I love the white ones. Oh yeah, like those those yeah. have almost consensusly been the favorite jersey among Sense fans. Oh the, the every what I'm disappointed with the the rumors about the black jerseys is that they're just going like black with red stripes on them. 
Um, I, Which I is think what it was. It, that was the first uniform, yeah. But yeah. they also did have a uniform that had white in between the uh, the red stripes on the arm, and it looks amazing. It looks so I, good. I like the white stripe a little more as well. Yeah. It, uh, it, it's just a little bit – it gives it a bit more of a pop because the, the red on the black isn't uh, – it doesn't stand out as much, but then having that white there, it just, it brings it all together and it looks sick. It's yeah, a good, such a good you, uniform. You described it very well. It pops. It really yeah. does. Um, oh, sorry. It's just, I'm on, I went on Instagram and there's an account I follow called everyday sends and they just posted a picture of Zidane Chara and Dominic Hasek talking to each other while they were both on the sends. And I was oh, like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that was the thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that hurts a little bit. But yeah, this guy, Everyday Sense, also did a concept concept art of doing the throwback jerseys with the logo and the white stripe. And he has uh he did it with Christian Wolanin as his like his model. And you're right, it looks so good. I'll send it to yeah. you quickly so you can see it. Obviously the people listening can't, but it is it's clean. And you're right, it does make it pop a lot more than just the all black wood. Yeah. Um so yeah, in regards to the rebrand, um, what do you think about going back to that original logo? Like, I, I know we didn't want to spend too much time on it, and we've already spent a ton of time on it, but uh, just to wrap it up, what do you think about that original logo? Is there anything else that you would have rather seen? I know you said you like the O, but... I would have rather the O. I understand why you're going back to the 2D. I would have preferred something new rather than going to a throwback, though I do like the idea of it. I just, again, I would have preferred sticking with the O. It's simple, it's easy to market, and it just, it's new. Like, it's a new logo for the quote-unquote new Ottawa Senators, right? Right. Like, if you want to lean into the kids and having this completely changed structure, then completely change your logo as well. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. I'll, the... I'll still like the 2D, and I'll still buy the 2D jersey, but I would have preferred if it was the O. For me, like, I... I, I'm fine them going back to the 2D logo. I'm kind of disappointed that they're not... To, like, do you remember the uh, updated 2D logo that they kind of introduced as a third or fourth logo in this current era? When, they, when it had, like, the cape flowing behind it? Yeah, exactly, that one. You like that one? I didn't I, really... I, I know a lot of Senators fans really don't like that one. I love it. I think it looks great. Uh, a it's lot a little too cartoony. Sure. But it's it's more like it's more simple than the uh, the original one. Um, yeah, it, I, I think it, of... it looks cleaner because my main gripe with that original logo is what the hell are the three fins coming off of the side of it? Yeah, I, that is supposed to be a cape. Exactly, it's supposed to be a cape, but it's not clear. Yeah, it they look like wings, and it's like, why does your senator have wings on it? But yeah, it's supposed to be a cape, and then this this other logo, it's it's very round, it's pretty symmetrical, it's very clearly a cape coming off of him. Like it, I I love this logo. I think it's really cool. I'm kind of disappointed that they didn't move towards it, but you know, seeing the uh, Sens fans' distaste for it, I I kind of get where they're where the team is coming from by not using it. But yeah, just the all of the uh the photoshop images i've seen of people uh putting out these uh potential new uniforms like they're they're sick they look so good they're good i'm, I'm excited i'm ex i'm excited for something new 
and Ottawa is expected to take a, a big step next year towards development. And I'm, I'm excited for when next season starts. It's going to suck not seeing them play. I'm excited to watch hockey again in the next couple of weeks, but I'm excited. I'm more excited to see how the senators come out of this and hopefully they come out of it stronger. Well, yeah. Speaking of that excitement for hockey coming back, uh, we've got, I think eight days and then the, oh, uh, yeah, the exhibition games start up. Uh, so let's uh, get into our uh, playoff talk and some of our predictions for what the, uh, what's going to come out of the preliminary round and the seeding round prior to the actual start of the Stanley cup playoffs. Yes. All right. So, um, so yeah, do you want to start off uh, going through the uh, top four teams in each division and uh, just, or sorry, top four going teams down from there conference. And then, yeah, just moving down top to bottom. That works for me. Um, so we'll start off in the East since we were both Eastern Conference teams fans. Right. Um, so the right now, the positions for the top four in order from one to four is Boston, Tampa, Washington, Philly. Mm-hmm. I, for whatever reason, do not expect that to stay the same. No, I don't either. I am expecting Tampa to leapfrog Boston. Uh, and I'm expecting Philly to leapfrog Washington. So I'm expecting okay. the new order to be Tampa, Boston, Philly, Washington. I don't yeah. know why. Um, I, For whatever reason, I just think Tampa is going to be on a fucking mission this year. And they're not going to let anyone push them around or get the better of them. And as great as Boston is, greatness sometimes can't beat determination. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. On, I'm with you on Tampa. I think uh, they've got a lot to prove this year coming off of that disappointment in the playoffs last year. Which was hilarious. Yeah, um, I'll disagree with you on Boston. Um, I think that they're a great team. They're really, really strong. They were, like, they were by far the best team in the regular season. Uh, one issue is the number of players that have missed all of or part of their training camp so far. They've in had Boston? A- yeah, I don't think David Pasternak has hit the ice in training camp yet. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, my predictions for the seeding out of out of the East there is uh, I've got ta- uh, Tampa first, Washington second, Boston third, and Philly fourth. Um, yeah, like I I think Philly's a really good team, and they were on a really really good hot streak going into the uh, the uh, pause. But, I but it's been a two-month pause now. It's been a two-month pause. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, so many of these teams that were going in to the playoffs hot, like, I, I think that you have to assume they're going to lose all of that momentum. Everybody else has gotten a chance to uh, get healthy, practice, um, and Philly, you know, it, it's hard to take that kind of a break and keep that momentum going. So I, I, I just... As good as Philly is, I don't think that they're necessarily in the same league as those other three, um, or in the same tier, I should say, as those other three. And uh, I, I think they stay in that fourth place. I am a little concerned. I think so. Stamkos has been a bit of an uncertainty lately. Um, Tampa came out and said that they're not really sure if he's going to be able to play in the exhibition right. games, but he has been practicing. So they may just keep him out of the exhibition games for health and safety reasons. Um, but Holtby also fully acknowledged to the press that he thinks this could very well be his last playoff run with the Cats. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, he, I, he's not yeah. re-signing there next season, especially not now that there's going to be a flat cap. There's no way. 
exactly. So I don't know if that's going to uh, make them more or less motivated. Like it, I could see Holpe coming in and being his 2018 self and cup winning uh, level of goalie. But I don't know. The Caps, to me, they were motivated for the longest time to get Ovi's cup. He has their cup. Yeah, like, but I, you're forgetting about Kovalchuk. They've got Kovalchuk. Kovalchuk's not Ovi. No, but Ovi and all of the other Russian players on Washington love Kovalchuk. And they, I think they will, like, they will skate on two broken legs if it means getting him a cup. Maybe. It so seems like I, everybody I think, loves Kovalchuk. Like, even Montreal players are still talking to him very, like, consistently. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I haven't heard anything specific about why they like him so much. Maybe it's, you know, he could just be that kind of guy. But I, I think that that's going to be um, a key factor for the Capitals going into the playoffs is a lot of their players are going to be uh, playing their asses off in order to get uh, Kovalchuk into the cup final at least. Yeah. That's fair. Philly is an interesting one. Like you said, they may not be in the same tier as the other three, but who knows? It's hockey. Hockey's yeah. the biggest sport when it comes to just magic and mayhem. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about the Western Conference? The, uh, uh, the, the top four we got in first from the regular season was St. Louis, then Colorado, Vegas, and Dallas in fourth. That's not changing. You don't think it's changing? Not a chance. St. Louis is a friggin' wagon and they're going to come in just being St. Louis. Like there is to me, there's no reason to see St. Louis as anything, but number one. And if that's the case, I would be shocked if Dallas or Vegas could beat a fully healthy Colorado. Cause if anyone's going to dethrone St. Louis at the top, it's going to be Colorado in my opinion. And I that- think, that's what I have happening is I've got only Colorado and St. Louis switching spots. Uh, so Colorado in first, then St. Louis, Vegas, Dallas. Uh, I, yeah, I just, if- I, I just think that um, uh, McKinnon, Rantanen and uh, McCarr. Well, yeah, Landeskog to a lesser degree, but the, the McKinnon, Rantanen and uh, McCarr are just, they're so dynamic and they're so good. Um, I think it's going to be tough to beat them. And they've got youth on their side too. Um, True, but then it goes back to the debate of youth versus experience, right? Yeah, but right now, this is unprecedented times, right? Uh, It's uncharted waters that these guys are going into. Um, So I don't know if experience is going to be as valuable as just having young legs. Because these guys have had three months off and the older players, like it's nice that they've gotten a chance to uh, rehabilitate their body, but the the young guys can just jump back into playing at top speed way faster than older players can, especially yeah. older players that play uh, like a grinding game, like the, the blues and the Bruins. Yeah. This is going to be a really like for anyone thinking that this is going to go as planned in that five beats 12 and things like that. You're wrong. Like, there's going to be some major upsets in this first round, and it's going to be so fucking fun to watch. But if anything is going to change, I agree. It'll just be Colorado leapfrogging St. Louis for the first seed. Other than that, Vegas is great. They're definitely better than Dallas. They're not at Colorado St. Louis's tier. 
Yeah, like with Dallas, I, I'm worried about their goaltending. Um, ben Bishop, well, Bishop is, is good. He's good. It's just he he's fairly injury prone, right? Like yeah. I, again, with goalies, like it's good that he's gotten all this rest, but he's also in his 30s. Um, is that rest like great for him? Is it uh, you, you know that, how much rust is he going to have to shake off, and is that rust going to do something to his muscles when he's trying to push from side to side? Yeah. So like that that's kind of my thought is because uh, Ben Bishop has always had some injury troubles, and the if he goes down then I, I believe their backup is Anton Hudobin. And like he, he's been really good over the last few seasons, but I don't know if the Dallas Stars want to uh, rely on him to take them deep into the playoffs. Yeah, he's the world's best backup. <laughs> that doesn't mean he'd be a good starter. Well, he, him and uh, Yaroslav Halak have probably got to fight that out, I think. That's and, and, and possibly Robin Lehner. <laughs> Lehner is not a backup goalie, though. He Leonard is on, he is on Vegas right now, which is Vegas has the best goalie tandem going into the playoffs, and that is the only thing that may help them through it. I don't know what they're planning on doing. I don't know why they got Leonard. Were they worried Flurry was going to get hurt? Well, Flurry wasn't have a, having a strong season, and they didn't have a uh, like a solid backup option. Yeah, but Leonard isn't a quote unquote backup option. He's no, a but, starter option. Yeah, but he he's a. Uh, like a one a option and maybe True. maybe vegas was looking at like hey we we don't want to run flurry into the ground by playing him every game down the stretch so we need another decent goalie in order to split the time sorry i was yawning there yeah because leonard didn't play too many games in vegas but what well, he did no because the loud. yeah the the, the, the season went on chapter. pause like less than two weeks after the trade deadline yeah but going back to the East, um, yeah, just well, looking at the first play-in round right now. The, yeah, well, what do you think of uh, Pittsburgh and Montreal? I, if, I, I, if Pittsburgh does not win this series in three or four games, it will be a disgrace. Yeah, I didn't realize like uh, as big of uh, – wait, Andrew Shaw, is he still with Montreal? No, he's back on Chicago. He is? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, it happened uh, last offseason. Okay, all right. Um, well, I, what I do know then is Montreal, um, uh, Max Domi isn't guaranteed to be playing. They're still he's waiting, waiting on his, it. yeah, they're waiting on his response on if he's going to uh, opt out or not. And if he does, then that's a huge hit to their offensive capabilities, uh, which are pretty limited as it is right now. Like, honestly, I, I, I'm on your side. Like, Pittsburgh should easily win this carry price as much as much as everyone seems to think he's like the boogeyman i don't he can't think score he, goals I, yeah he can't score goals for starters and i don't think he's the boogeyman that everybody thinks he still is like this isn't he, 2014 he, olympic gold carry price anymore and it's not uh, like whatever season it was 2016 or whatever when he won the heart trophy either no he's he, not that he's, goalie anymore and he has not been close to that goalie for the last few years so I, part of that has to be the team in front of him, but it's the same team in front of him as it was this season, and they struggled, and he wasn't great. Carey Price is the ghost of the boogeyman he used to be. Yeah, so I, I don't see Montreal putting up much of a fight. They'd have to, like, 
they'd have to get an otherworldly performance from Price. And sure, he's still capable of doing it. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to do it long enough to get uh, past Pittsburgh. No. Like, you got Crosby and Malkin. Montreal has no answer for that. Montreal doesn't even have any kind of forward who would be a top-line forward on a cup-contending team. They don't. None of their forward... None of their forwards could be considered number one forwards on any cup contending team. Like first line, not necessarily number one, but like their top line is Druan, Domi, and Tatar. Yeah, and Tatar was <laughs> he was barely like a third line player on like good teams over the last couple seasons. He he didn't even crack the lineup in Vegas's run to the finals. And Max Domi, uh, and- as great as he was last year, Domi is a forty-five to fifty-five point player at best. Yeah. Yeah, and so I, I don't see Montreal having a chance against Pittsburgh. No. They could really use that 12-and-a-half chance at Lafreniere, though. Yeah. They have um, better chances at that than they do beating Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah the, that's how I feel about that, too. What about uh, Carolina and the Rangers? This is, in the East, this is the series I want to watch the most. Oh, really? Because, well, think about it. Carolina was completely opposed to this format specifically because it means they would have to play the Rangers. So they must they must not match up very well. I haven't seen many Carolina Rangers games, but the fact that the Rangers were, again, one of those teams I was on a roll right before the break, um, not only that, but it's just, I don't know what it is. I just feel like New York is, I feel like New York's going to win this one in five. I think it's going to go to all five, and I think the Rangers are going to win, and I can't explain why I think that. Well, it's yeah. just... Let me give you a few reasons why. Oh. <laughs> um, the Rangers swept the season series against the Hurricanes this year. They beat okay. them four games to none. Um, the Rangers have three NHL goalies. Carolina has like Two one and a half. One, one and a half. <laughs> yeah. And the Rangers have Artemi Panarin, potential Hart Trophy winner. And Mika Zibanejad on two separate lines. And Zibanejad, he got like 40 goals this year. Mika Zibanejad led the league in goals per game. Yeah. Like, I, I'm also taking the, I'm taking the Rangers in this. I think you're right. I think it could go the full uh, five games. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised if it was a sweep. Really, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, just based off of how the teams matched up this season. It just seems like the Rangers have the Hurricanes number for whatever reason, uh, whether it's goaltending, whether it's, uh, you know, their forwards just having, uh, yeah, having an easier time against the Hurricanes defense or, or whatever the case is, whether it's like team strategies. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll take the Rangers in that, especially because of their goalie situation. Like if, if Lundqvist struggles, then they've got two other guys that can pick up the slack. And if, if, um, who is even the hurricane starting goalie? I can't remember who plays for anybody. Is it Peter Mrazek? Yeah. They have a tandem of Mrazek and Reimer. Yeah. And both of them at this point in their careers are probably backup goalies. Like if either, either one of them struggles, like how excited are you to go to the other one? As much as I love James Reimer and, you know, want all the best for him. Like I, I, don't see the team having a ton of confidence going up against the Rangers with him in that. No, I'm just, I'm looking at Carolina's roster right now because in my opinion, the Rangers have better forwards 
Carolina has significantly better defensemen, but the Rangers also have better goalies. Yeah. Yeah. The Hurricanes defense is probably the best in the playoffs, potentially. Um, well, like here, there's Jake, Jake Bean, Joel Edmondson, Hayden Fleury, Gardner, Dougie Hamilton, Brent Pesci, uh, Brandon Skayup. I don't know how to pronounce that. Brady Shea. Uh, Jacob Brady Shea. That's it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Jacob Slavin, uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk, and Sammy Botnan. Like, I forgot they got Botnan. Yeah, I forgot um, about that too because they, they got him, and I think he was injured immediately, or they got him while he was injured. Uh, no, 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 I think they got him. Be- well, I know why they got him. They got him because Hamilton was injured for most of the season and they didn't know what he was, when he was going to get back. Right. But, like, if your top four is Dougie Hamilton, Brett Pesci, Jacob Slavin, and, like, Sammy Votnin, or Jake Gardner, or Joel Edmondson, or Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Yeah, or- like, it, it's, it's pretty solid for sure. Uh, like you said, it's, it's the friggin', it's probably the best in these playoffs. And then, yeah, the goalies are Reimer, Morazic, Anton Forsberg, and Nedeljkovic. Nedeljkovic, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, Alex Nedeljkovic, who was just there because Reimer and Morazic got hurt a lot. Yeah. Like, no, the Rangers Rangers are – I don't see a scenario where the Rangers don't win this series. And Panarin just found his game in New York – and that makes it all the more suspect that Carolina's going to win. I don't know, man. Like, Sebastian Ajo is a great player. Sebastian Ajo is a fantastic player. Yeah, he Sebastian is Sebastian really Ajo good. is not Artemi Panarin. Like, or to, I guess, if you want to compare centers to centers, Ajo is not Zabanajad. And Timo Teravainen, Carolina's best winger, is not on the level of Artemi Panarin. Well, speaking of Sebastian so, yeah. Ajo, um, what do you think about the other Sebastian Ajo teams? Uh, the Islanders and the Panthers. Who, who are you taking in that? I want the Islanders. Holy crap. Sorry. Quickly, back to the Rangers. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, in his rookie season this year, uh, or first full season as a defenseman, got 53 points in 68 games. Yeah, and he was the second best um, rookie defenseman on the Rangers too, because uh, Adam Fox was the guy that a ton of people wanted to get some Calder votes, and I think he just missed out on the third uh, nomination. Yeah, he got forty-two points in seventy games. Yeah, so less points in less games. But I think he's younger than D'Angelo too, uh, by a couple of years. Yeah, and his uh, the other thing that gets him some brownie points is that, uh, as far as I know, anyways, Adam Fox isn't a huge Trump guy, and uh, D'Angelo is. So uh, fuck him. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, back to the other New York team. Um, for the sake of Ottawa, like, uh, I'm conflicted because I, I don't see – this is another one of those cut and dry, like, I expect the Islanders to beat Florida. Florida was selling at the deadline and the way things were going at the end of the year. Unless they w- did some major soul-searching during this break, I just don't see them coming back and being any kind of a threat. Um the only thing I could see throwing a wrench in that is if Bobrovsky comes back and plays to what he's capable of because Florida's forwards are murderers. They have some real talent up front. Like, pardon me, Barkov and Huvido were on pace for their third straight 90-point season each. 
Hoffman is a consistent 30-goal scorer. They had Trocek, but I believe they traded him to Carolina at the deadline. Um, but they have they just have this elite high-end forward group that if the Islanders have a hard time shutting them down and if Bobrovsky plays like Bobrovsky can, that's the only scenario that Florida can win. But that is a lot of ifs and buts. And I think the Islanders will win this series nine times out of ten, and I think they'll do it in about four games. Um, so, yeah, so you took the Islanders there? I took the Islanders in four, yeah. Yeah, this one was a real toss-up for me um, because of how much the Panthers struggled this year. Um, but, again, I think Bobrovsky is uh, kind of – a key factor here. Like you said, like if he comes back and he has a playoffs like he did last year against Tampa, then all bets are off on the, uh, yeah. on that series. Cause like, it, I think Bobrovsky, I think this series is one where it could be stolen by a goalie. And um, I think Bobrovsky could be the guy to do it, especially because the Islanders aren't super high scoring. They're they're yeah, a re- they're, they're a, a really good team. yeah they're really good defensively but they don't score a ton of goals so if Bobrovsky plays really well and uh, the the uh, Panthers forwards can put a couple past um, Varlamov or whoever's going to be a net for the Islanders then like the the series the series could be over pretty quick. Yep, and that's a big difference between this series and the Pittsburgh and Montreal one because in the case of Carey Price in Montreal he's a goalie with elite potential on a team that has trouble scoring against a team that has no trouble scoring in Pittsburgh. In this scenario, you have Bobrovsky who has elite potential, same as price, but he's on a team that has no issue scoring against a team, in the New York Islanders that has problems scoring to begin with. And that's why a goalie standing on his head would be a bigger factor in this series compared to the Montreal and Pittsburgh one. Cause Florida has the team to back up that goalie playing at the elite level or as Montreal does not granted, yeah. even if they do put up a good fight, I'm pretty sure Florida's going to be riddled with coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> just because it's Florida. Too, yeah. uh, and again, this team sold at the deadline for a reason. They weren't planning on making a playoff push. They were planning on calling it a season and, hoping for the best in the lottery. That's what it seemed like anyway. Yeah. So I don't see this as a failure for them if they lose. And I would see it as a huge failure for the Islanders if they lose. Though I still want the Islanders to lose and then lose the draft lottery again so that we get a better first round <laughs> pick from the Peugeot trade. Um, yeah, and I, I'm just looking through here and the the odds are kind of in the Islanders' favor because from what I just – could gather from just a quick scan through the uh, season series here. It looks like the Islanders swept the series three games to none against the uh, yeah. Panthers. So they played Florida very well. Yeah. All right. So, so far we're both in agreement on everything. So this isn't making for super uh, controversial uh, podcasting here. Um, <laughs> so he- here we go. Here's an interesting one. Leafs and blue jackets. Who do you got? Toronto and five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I, um, I think Carolina or Columbus story is going to put up a damn good fight though, because they are just they're the kind of team that Toronto hates to play against because they have a good amount of skill, but they just play a tough physical game, which seems to give the Leafs fits. That's, that's true, or it can be true. Um, 
I honestly, I don't think we're going to see the same team in Toronto uh, going into the playoffs as we did during the regular season. We uh, better not. Otherwise, they won't be lasting too long. Well, no, it's just like I, I've been reading a lot of stuff coming out of uh, training camp so far, and these guys seem really dialed in. They know that this is a unique opportunity, and they seem like they've got their eyes glued on the cup, and there's not anything that's going to stop them. Um, it, it's it's really awesome. It's getting my expectations way high, which could be terrible, but uh, it's it's really exciting to see these the, the kinds of things coming out of training camp. Like uh, I, I know Jason Spezza has said a bunch of times of like the conversation he had yeah. to have with his four daughters about he's going to be gone for like three or four months, but they all yeah. understand because they know how much trying to get a Stanley cup means to him. And, uh, and he's been there before he has been, and he's come short. Um, but just what's coming out from Sheldon Keefe and Austin Matthews and uh, Mitch Marner and all these guys, they're like, yeah, we understand what it's going to be like in the bubble. We know that we're going to have to be laser focused when it comes to uh, the games. And it seems like they're going to follow through on that. Um, I, I'm really excited to see what they can do because there's a lot of really, really exciting things coming out of training camp. Um, I agree with you that they have something to prove and that this is the, this is the year where it's like, okay, there is no excuse for anything. Yeah. Show up and win. Otherwise there's going to be some major questions about this team moving forward. A big factor I feel is Freddie because we've seen like when he, when he comes out of the summer and you know, everyone talks about October Freddie where he takes a bit of time to get going. And then once he gets going, he's regular Freddie again. But if this is going to be a long, like it has been a long pause for him. And if it's going to affect him like the summer does, that could hurt you right at the beginning. And if you get hurt at the beginning and he's in this format, then there is no time to make up for it. If you get hurt in the start, you're just done. Go home. Good. Good try. Yeah. Um, I think that the Leafs are actively trying to help him get in, get up to game speed. Um, I don't know how closely you looked at the rosters for their, uh, their scrimmages in training camp, but they've got uh, team Matthews versus team Anderson. And on team Matthews, they've got obviously Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Melander, John Tavares and Tyson Berry. And so uh, they're, they're just getting Freddie ready. And Nick Robertson has been going back and forth between the two teams as well. So they've been loading up their offensive talent on one side and they're unleashing it on Fred, Freddie Anderson. So hopefully, uh, like I, I, I don't have a memory for what the uh, training camp scrimmage rosters have been like in the past under like Mike Babcock. But that to me kind of says that the Leafs are actively trying to get uh, Freddie ready by making him face the best shooters on his team as opposed to like balancing out the teams and, and having like a, a, a more even scrimmage that way it's like we're we're going to get our top players firing on all cylinders and we're going to get our goalie to face as many elite shooters as possible which is a good way to do it yeah absolutely um, so yeah we're both in agreement again Toronto over Columbus uh, I another like Columbus is another one of those teams where they had uh, um, their goalies were on hot streaks. And I 
just based off of them. They're not like Merzlikens and uh, whoever the hell their other goalie is. I don't even Corpusalo. know. Corpusalo. Corpusalo, yeah. Um, those two guys, they don't have the name brand um, recognition of a lot of other goalies that went on hot streaks. So it, it kind of may, gives me a feeling of not they were they, Hamburglar no, runs. I, I didn't want to say they were Hamburglar runs. So thank you for saying it. But um, it's true. Yeah, that, that's kind of the vibe that I get from it. Um, maybe not to the same extent. Like they could still come out of this and be like really, really good goalies. But I, I do think that them not having the same NHL experience as some of the other goalies that went on hot streaks before the pause. I think that uh, could come into play, especially when they're going to come out of the gate facing the the elite shooters on the Leafs and the elite offensive talent that they've got. So it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for the uh, the Blue Jackets goalies for sure. Yeah, let's not forget that Toronto has the best five on five goal scorer of the past four years on their team. Yeah, exactly. Right, like uh, Toronto. Toronto I, has elite, like elite of the elite forwards. And has several of them. Yeah. I, I saw a highlight from this season of the Leafs against Columbus where the Leafs were like firing passes around the uh, Blue Jacket zone. And then finally, uh, Morgan Riley just slides a cross seam pass to Matthews and he unloads and like the sexiest wrist shot I have ever seen. <laughs> and that, that's all of his shots. Well, it was just like he, the, the goalie was squared up to him. I don't think there was much of a screen and Matthews just put it right over his shoulder and oh, it, it was in and out of the net before you could blink. And it was, it was an unreal shot. It was so good. So good. Um, I, I just want to see him like score every single one of our goals this playoff. <laughs> it, I'm, I'm hyped. Even if that means only scoring one. Oh no, no, <laughs> no. But uh, I think that covers the East. Uh, we're, we're going a little slow here, so let's hop yeah. on over to the West now. Uh, and the top play in series there is Edmonton versus Chicago. Now, this is an interesting one because I think a lot of the Chicago court, that being Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, and Corey Crawford, kind of, when he's not injured, they probably were getting the feeling that they weren't going to get a legitimate shot again, right? Like, they had their time in the early two, in 2010 through 2015. They won their three cups together. And now they were just kind of there to get the next generation ready. But now with this opportunity, I could see them putting up a pretty good fight. That being said, 2020 Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are not on the same level as 2020 Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Like As good as Taves and particularly Kane are offensively, I I don't think they've got the supporting cast to uh, get them past the Oilers. Uh, McDavid that, and like, Dreisaitl were in top five of league scoring this year. Yeah, I, I think McDavid and Dreisaitl could probably beat the Blackhawks on their own. Um, that said, this is still probably the um, the series that I've been going back and forth on the most out of all of them. Uh, I, really? I, yeah, I could absolutely see the Blackhawks pulling one out of their asses and beating the uh, the Oilers. Because remember, the Oilers goalie is Mike Smith. Mike Smith or Koskinen. Yeah, or Koskinen, and those guys are yeah, but th- those guys are prone to giving up 
shitty goals at inopportune times, particularly Smith, because he overplays the puck all the time and then gives up easy goals. Um, True, but look at Smith's, Smith's record from last year when he was with Calgary. He was very good in the playoffs. Calgary, Calgary is a better defensive team, though. The Oilers Not goal. in those playoffs. They got picked apart by Colorado, but Smith was great in the series nonetheless. Yeah. Um, so it could be one of those cases where Smith is, you know, he can stand on his head when he's crazy busy, but is he going to be crazy busy against Chicago? I like, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I, I no, think, I think the matchup is probably closer than their regular season rankings would uh, suggest. Edmonton and Chicago is closer of a series than Pittsburgh and Montreal for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, part of that comes with Chicago playing in a way tougher division than Edmonton. Um, yeah, Chicago's in the Central, Edmonton's in the Pacific, yeah. which isn't but, the greatest. Yeah, that being I, said, there are a lot of Pacific teams in this in this playing around, though, eh? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess but, that's true. The but the there's none of the California teams. All three of the California teams were towards the bottom, bottom of the league, and Edmonton got to play them a bunch of times. Yeah, all three of the California teams are bottom five teams in the league. Yeah. But so, do you? Uh, who do you have winning then, Chicago or Edmonton? I I picked Edmonton initially. Um, I'm kind of starting, you know, just so that we disagree on at least one of these. I think I might go with Chicago. Ah. But 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 if if Edmonton wins and anybody asks me who I picked, I'll tell them I picked Edmonton. <laughs> I, I picked Edmonton, but I said it was going to take the whole five games. I think yeah. Kane and Taves are going to – whatever magic they have left, they're going to pull it out here. Yeah, the two, biggest... the two teams are going to go back and forth between their uh, games where they win entirely because of their two best players. Yeah. Like, like you Chicago remember... is going to win a game because of Kane and Taves, and Edmonton's going to win a game because of McDavid and uh, Dreisaitl. And then they're just going to go back and, and Zach forth. Cassian. And then, yeah, whoever's goalie gives up the most shitty goals is going to lose. So That's what I was going to say. If yeah. Chicago had Leonard still, yeah. I'd be a lot more inclined to give Chicago more credit. Yeah, but absolutely. they'll have a less than prime Corey Crawford or backup whose name I don't know. Yeah, right? I don't, yeah. Right? Like uh, you were talking about Edmonton's goalie. What about Chicago's goalie going against the first and second point leaders in the league and drive yeah, McDavid. And I, I don't think Chicago's defense is fast enough to keep up with McDavid. Um, Their defense isn't good enough in general to keep up with McDavid. No, or but nobody's is. Um, True. But that, that said, if they can just like minimize the amount of damage McDavid and Dreisaitl can do, then, you know, if Chicago can get to bring it out against whoever like whatever beer league scrubs are on Edmonton's fourth line. Um, you know, hopefully uh, the Blackhawks can uh, do some damage with their depth players. Maybe, but no, I, I, I don't see Chicago winning this. I see Kane and Taves doing their damnness and I see them not being able to compete with dry saddle McDavid. That that's, that's my last thing to say on it. All right. I think it'll be a really fun series to watch though, just because I do think Caves and Tane are going to make it a freaking show and who doesn't want to watch McDavid. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so, it, all right, here we'll move on to the next uh, 
series. Yep. So, so you can tell me why you think Arizona's going to win this one in three games. Uh, well, you know what? Uh, I don't have that. <laughs> uh, I have Nashville in four. Um, and I really, like, I don't know too much about either of them. So I didn't really have too much to say about this. Like, I, I have my notes in here. I wrote down, I didn't know Nashville was the sixth seed. <laughs> I thought they were a lot lower, <laughs> to be completely honest. Um, yeah, that was the team that I didn't hear very much about this season. They, they I, I heard at the beginning they weren't doing great, and then all of a sudden they are sixth in the conference. Yeah, I, uh, like, I don't remember hearing anything about them throughout the season because they weren't really overachieving and they weren't underachieving. They were just kind of like there. saying, oh, yeah, no, they're in the lower half of the, like, the playoff rankings. So, yeah, that sounds about right, um, w- which is kind of odd. Uh, considering how strong their uh, decor is. And especially when you think about their forwards too, like they've got down the, down the middle, they have, uh, um, oh my God, I can't even think of his name right now. Who's their starting, who's their first line? Johansson? Yes. Ryan, Ryan Johansson. Ryan Johansson. Ryan Johansson. Yeah, they have Johansson, Turris, and Duchesne. Yeah. Although Turris was scratched for most of the start of the season. It seems like it's not working out there for him, but uh which, as a sense fan, is sad to see because Turris was. I was watching highlights of our 2017 run. Turris had so many like game winning plays; it was ridiculous. Oh, yeah. He was such a good Ottawa Senator. Yeah, he's he's a game breaker in those uh, like on the line situations. He's a good guy for Nashville to have in the playoffs as long as they can give him that opportunity. Um, I think part of it though was uh, the old coach Peter Laviolette. Uh, he may not have liked Torres all that much, so maybe his I heard role, about that. Yeah, his role might change under the uh, the new guy, John Hines. Uh, but yeah, so do, who do you have in this one? I have Nashville in four. Uh, yeah. My notes say this: If Darcy Kemper returns to being Darcy Kemper, if Kessel <clears throat> plus Kessel and Hall is Hall, Arizona. Yeah. Arizona could win this in three, but because that is a lot of variables, I said, even if one of those doesn't come to fruition, Arizona doesn't win this series. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right on that. Uh, And you can toss in anti-Ranta too, uh, because anti-Ranta is I kind of figured if I figured if Darcy Kemper was going to be back to his 928 safer centers that he, that he was having before he got injured, anti-Ranta wouldn't be seeing too much ice. Well, they were also kind of a tandem as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that if Ranta and Kemper can get back to playing, like, really, really well, um, and if Hall can figure things out in Arizona, and if Phil Kessel turns into playoff Phil Kessel, then I, I think Arizona's got a really, really good shot at um, taking down the Predators, especially if... Uh, Pecorine turns into playoff Pecorine, who is, you know, basically Swiss cheese in the net. Yeah, but again, that is a lot, a lot, a of, lot of things is. to go right for the Coyotes in order to move on. Exactly. Yeah. So, and yeah, let's that, not forget, let's not forget yeah. that Nashville has Norse, Norse nominee uh, Roman Yosia on their back end. Yeah. Like, and and, Nash- and it, oh no, they don't have Seth Jones. No, he's on Columbus. You got to deal with him. Holy smokes, yeah. Yeah, no, the, they have, like, uh, Ekholm and... Uh, Ekholm, yeah. Oh, I can see him. Red Beard, number four, Ryan Ellis. Yes. Um, and I forget who their other top guy is. Like, they, they've got probably a top two or three defense core in these uh, playoffs. 
they just don't have the best forwards. Yeah. Which but, is, again, is a shocker when you've got uh, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne, Kyle Turris, Philip Forsberg. None Victor of Arvidsson. those guys have done much this year, though. Ryan yeah. Johansson went from a consistent 65, 70-point player and solid two-way game to solid two-way game, 40 to 55-point player. Yeah. Kyle Turris went from consistent 55-point player in Ottawa <laughs> to consistent 20 or 30-point player in Nashville. Duchesne's been picking it up. He just had his thing like he had in Ottawa where he had a slow start and then ramped up but he is not a first line center on a cup contending team Matt Duchesne is not a cup contender not a first line center on a cup contending team he is a very good second line center he is an Evgeny Kuznetsov all right Vancouver Minnesota this is Vancouver (laughs) oh okay all right um this is a nice little throwback to the early 2000s uh playoffs here I like this. So you have Vancouver. What the hell do you mean about that? Oh, there was just like Vancouver and Minnesota met each other in the playoffs a bunch of seasons in a row. So this is like a classic matchup for me. Um, Not necessarily for everybody. And honestly, Marion Gabrick, Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Marion Gabrick, Minnesota Wild. Oh God. And Marcus Naslin, Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh God. So yeah, you took Vancouver. Yeah. um, Main things about that. Who does Minnesota have to compare to Pedersen, Besser, Toffoli, JT Miller, Quinn Hughes, and Markstrom? No, that, that's all true. Um, Minnesota was one of those teams that was on a real hot streak, um, especially after their coaching change. Um, so I, I kind of flipped on uh, my thought on those, uh, those hot streaks here, and I, was, I think that Minnesota's got a really good chance of taking Vancouver down. Um, See, this is why having this now is so disappointing because think of, because we've seen it a lot before where a team that's in a lower seed but was really hot at the end of the year just, pardon me, takes over the playoffs, right? Right. And there was so many of those teams that are in this playing round that could have made the uh, usual playoffs so interesting. Like the Rangers, Minnesota, Philly could have done a lot of damage if they were able to just continue and let things play out. But now that they're, we're seeing these teams on a true best-on-best, best, Vancouver's best, in my opinion, is just significantly better than Minnesota's best. If Minnesota had the momentum, that's different. Momentum can be a huge game-changer in series, especially ones like this that are kind of close. But because it's going to be fully healthy best-on-best best after long periods of rest, where momentum is essentially a non-factor, I just I can't see Minnesota – coming close to Vancouver like Vancouver has genuine stars and like I said Pedersen Besser Jack Hughes Markstrom was playing very well this year um also I said Jack Hughes I meant Quinn Hughes um JT Miller really broke out as a point per game player which is something no one thought was going to happen and Tyler Toffoli has been playing great in Besser's absence and now when Besser is going to be healthy because the only reason why they got Toffoli was because Besser was hurt you got both of them are you kidding me? How Minnesota has nothing competed that? Who do they have? They have Kevin Fiala and aging Eric Stahl and like Zach Parise. Sorry, that's not going to cut it. On the I'm other hand, <laughs> I, say it, I say it will. So uh, it's going to happen. Um, uh, honestly, I have no, I have no good reason to pick Minnesota. I'm just like, you know what? Like, I have a feeling. A gut feeling. I have a feeling that Minnesota could do this. Uh, I don't think they're going to go deep into the playoffs. I think they're going to lose to whoever they're going to play in the first round. 
Um, also, they'll stay true to the Minnesota brand. Yeah. So like my, with the way that my picks have gone, uh, uh, Minnesota would play St. Louis and uh, just get absolutely waxed by them. Oh yeah. That would not end well. No, it, it would be like, it would be a seven game series that ends in three. Yeah. Man, could you imagine a Vancouver St. Louis series though? That could be a lot of fun. No, that that game, that series would also end in three games. St. Louis would not have an issue with Vancouver. You don't think so? No, I don't think so. I don't think there would be any problem at all. Uh, I, I, as good I, as like Pedersen and Quinn Hughes are, I I don't think that those guys first off are big enough to deal with St. Louis. Yeah, but I don't know. I think to a certain extent, their skill and their smarts could help. Because Pedersen, you're right, is not a very physically imposing player. I've been watching a lot of his highlights. He is underratedly, like, not even, like, good, but great in his own end. Yeah. Like, he he's very good positioning. He's got very good stick work, and he's very good at only doing one or two quick passes, and it's gone out of their end. Like Pedersen is very good at doing the transition game, and Besser is very good at going up the wing and taking those breakout passes. Um, I think Vancouver, their speed and their skill could could hurt the St. Louis more physical style game. At the same time, though, we've seen it the opposite, where a physical team grinds down the skill team, right? Right. So it's kind of a toss up, and that's why I think I, it would be interesting. But in regards to Vancouver, Minnesota. I just I don't see Minnesota stacking up when they don't have their momentum behind them. I I don't see a scenario where they beat Vancouver. All right. Well, here's one. I think that we're probably going to be on opposite sides on this one too. Uh, Calgary, Winnipeg. Uh Winnipeg. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, we're on the same side then. <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's Winnipeg too. I don't trust Calgary's goalies. Um, there nope. seems to there's a lot of weird stuff coming out of their training camp. Like they're. Uh, They've got two different groups that are training and they're all separate. So like Johnny yep. Goudreau isn't skating with his line right now, which is weird. Yeah. Um, it kind of seems like this is their last kick to do some damage in the playoffs before they're just going to uh, make some major changes to the roster. Uh, and it kind of seems like it's the end of Johnny Goudreau in uh, Calgary. Yeah. I've noticed that too. Not yeah. only that, but let's not forget that. Connor Hellebuck is up for the Vesna this year. Yes. He was arguably the best goalie in the league. Yeah. And you put in front of him Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Kyle Connor, uh, Patrick Laine, and I don't know, Nikolai Ehlers, Brian Little. Like Winnipeg has a very, very good border, maybe even elite forward group. Their defense is not, their goalie is elite. But we've seen Pittsburgh win a cup with Ron Hainsey as their number one defenseman. Yeah. I, I don't think Winnipeg is Pittsburgh, but... No, like, I, um, I do Shifley's agree. not Crosby. I do agree that they've... Uh, Winnipeg has got the superior offensive talent and definitely the better goalie. Um, I am interested to see what their head-to-head matchup was like this season. So I'm... I, like, to me, there's, there's just something fishy in Calgary. I can't explain what it is or why I feel like there is, but well, like you were saying, it seems like this is the end of Johnny Goudreau in Calgary, which I don't know when his contract is done. I don't think it's soon. So Calgary could theoretically, I don't know if they'll go into a rebuild or a retool, but they could get a lot of assets for Johnny Goudreau. Maybe like a first round pick, a top prospect and a D 
decent uh, middle six for, or forward or probably a top four D. But I don't know. It's just I, I'm on the same page of you. Of I just I don't trust Calgary. I don't trust them to get it done. There is no one on their team that I look and say that's a game-breaking player. They don't have one. Sean Monahan isn't that. Goudreau has proved multiple times he is not that, despite what he's done in the season. In the playoffs, he just disappears. Mark Giordano, great player, won the Norse last year as best defenseman in the league. He is not a game-breaker. Winnipeg has Line A, who can just light you up. Wheeler, who wills pucks into the net, and it's ridiculous. Shifley, who's a bit of both. And then they got the supporting cast of, like I was saying, Kyle Connor, who is a consistent 30-goal scorer, and Nikolai Ehlers, who was having a bit of an offseason this year, but usually puts up William Nylander numbers. There is no – Winnipeg has all these players that I could see helping them win a series and taking the lead in winning a series. I don't see anyone in Calgary that will take the lead. Yeah, I I was just looking up uh, the head-to-head between Calgary and Winnipeg this season. They only played once. And what? yeah, they only played once. And it I was guess they aren't in It was in October. It it was the uh it was the the Heritage Classic in October. Uh that's the only time that they played this season uh before the the pause. So it it's kind of interesting that uh you know, they're they're not division rivals i guess so that kind of that explains why they didn't play all that frequently but uh it'll be interesting to see who comes out of that but yeah i think winnipeg's offensive talent and their goaltending is just gonna it's gonna give calgary fits this is where we need a third person on the podcast so that we can actually get different opinions because we seem to agree on a lot of things well yeah i i changed some of mine um so yeah, you changed I changed them for the my, sake of changing them. Well, uh, like I said, though, I was going back and forth on that one so much. Uh, the Vancouver, uh, Minnesota? No, the uh, Edmonton, Chicago. I'm surprised you went back and forth on it. My thought behind it, I wasn't going back and forth on who was going to win. I was going back and forth on how long it was going to take Edmonton to beat Chicago. Yeah, I, uh, I, I can make a case for both of them. I think that Edmonton's case is stronger but I still want to pick Chicago. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where it, unlike Pittsburgh and Montreal, where it's like nine times out of the 10 Pittsburgh wins and Edmonton and Chicago, it's like six out of 10 times Edmonton wins that series. But man, I'm pretty sure this is going to be, well, I'm not pretty sure I'm for certain. This is going to be a wild, wild, even just play in series before the playoff season technically start. We're going to see some great hockey. It's going to be nice and sloppy and not very good defensively. It'll be like October hockey, and I am excited to watch it. I'm just excited to have hockey back. I hope nothing goes wrong with player and staff health, and we can actually see this through because I, I would love it. Also, got to give props to the NHL for t- making the decision to have it only in Canada because there's like a lot of uh, other than the major sport teams that are having their playoffs in florida which is just a coronavirus hub in the states right now and the mlb still wants to move around and travel for their season starting in september yeah it's nuts so the nhl making the big boy decision of although we although they want to spread hockey into the states they realize that it's a healthier option to actually have it in canada i gotta give them props for that that was the that was the right move yes 
Um, so here we go. Here's our um, our predictions for the first round of the playoffs. Okay. So for you in the Eastern Conference, you have um, first place Tampa against Toronto, second place Boston against the Islanders, third place uh, Philly against the Rangers, and fourth place Washington against Pittsburgh. So I did not realize any of that. All of those sound amazing. Yeah, those sound like really good first round matchups. And then in the West, uh, you have first place St. Louis against Winnipeg. Uh, second place, good. That... Yeah, second place Colorado against Vancouver. Third place Vegas against Nashville. Fourth place Dallas against Edmonton. Like, oh, that's like, those are those are all pretty solid first round matchups. And uh, a lot of those are friggin' even. Yeah, so I'll I'll give you mine now. Okay, so yeah. I've got in the Eastern Conference, first place Tampa versus Toronto, second place Washington same. versus the Islanders. That's different. That'd be a good one because yeah. that's uh, no Islanders beat Pittsburgh in the first round last year. Never mind. Uh, then I've got third place Boston versus the Rangers. That and could then, be a fun series. Yeah, and then uh, Philly and Pittsburgh. Then in the West, Philly. Oh, oh, wait, sorry. Giroux versus Crosby, getting that rivalry back up again would be awesome. Yeah, they would... hated each other in the early 2010s. Yeah, that that is probably the next best matchup, like in terms of uh, intrigue for the Penguins. Uh, it... After Washington. Yeah, after Washington. So then in the West, I've got uh, first place Colorado versus Winnipeg, second place St. Louis against Minnesota, third place Vegas versus Nashville. And then uh, Dallas and Chicago. Oh, man, Saint so Louis I I like your Minnesota apart. I I like your matchups better than my matchups. <laughs> um, like I think your first round of the playoffs would be a lot more fun to watch than my first round of the playoffs. They're not too too different. You had a They're... couple different placements of your top four than I did, which. I affected it a lot more than I thought it would, to be honest. Yes. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize it would affect it that much, but it, it really did. Uh, especially have me keeping Washington in second place. Uh, meant that they I'm, wouldn't wouldn't play against Pittsburgh. <laughs> I'm getting so giddy. I'm just talking about this. I know, like, so we're recording this on Sunday, July, 20, or July 19th. So we're still nine days away from the exhibition games. But the fact that I can say that Hockey is less than 10 days away. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, it, it's like I miss it so much, and it's so weird getting it in the summer, but I love it. I friggin' love it. All right, do you want to uh, rain on a little bit of your uh, happy mood parade here and play some of the uh, double agent game? Uh, <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> uh, yeah, fine. I'm, I guess we've got to make it kind of quick because we've been on for quite a while. Yeah, yeah, we're just over an hour, so we're we're on pace for about our, our oh, usual really? yeah, on pace for our usual time here, which is nice. All right. Look at so, us go. Proper time management. For oh, anybody that hasn't tuned into a previous episode, the double agent game is uh, inspired by a couple of other podcasts. Um, I got the hockey adaptation from the Puck Soup podcast, 
and they adapted Doug Benson's Leonard Maltin game from the podcast, Doug Loves Movies. Um, so way, the way it works is I have a list of a bunch of players that have played for both the Ottawa Senators and the Toronto Maple Leafs at some point in their careers. And uh, it's going to be Keegan's job to try to guess who I am describing based off of a series of clues that are going to be the same for every player on the list. So I'm going to start off. Uh, I did a, I pulled up a random number generator before the podcast and got three numbers. And uh, each number is for a different player. Keegan is going to pick one of those numbers. And then I will give him three clues to start off. Those clues will be that player's current age the total number of games played in their NHL career, and the most recent team that they played for. Following that, I've got another 10 clues, uh, which in, uh, in descending order are the player's amateur team, his height and weight, draft position, draft team, the years he played in the NHL, the combined points he scored with Ottawa and Toronto only, uh, his nationality of birth, uh, my opinion of his best NHL season. Then Keegan gets a choice between the jersey number the guy wore with the Sens or the Leafs. And the last clue is every team that this player played for. So are you ready for this edition of the double agent game, Keegs? Yeah, I'm just... I after last time with fucking what was it Per Gustafson or yeah, whatever Yeah, Per Gustafson. Yeah, some fucking guy neither of us have ever heard of before. Yeah, like we, I'm terrified. I'm so scared because if it's not again, I've said this before and I'll keep saying this. If it's anyone before the lockout, I'm screwed because there are very few players before the lockout I that I know of. Um, well, well then uh, I guess you better pick correctly then this time. You better pick wisely. So, uh, is there like one name here that I'll definitely know, and two I definitely won't? <laughs> well, I guess we'll have to find out. Uh, do you want A, B, or C? Uh, I picked C in the first one, I think, and I picked B in the last one, so I'll go A. Oh, okay. Ah, oh, damn it! A, I hate you. So, player A is number one on my list. Number one. Meaning like, okay, but how is your list organized? Oh, I'm not telling you that. <laughs> oh, so this could be either the most recent or the first player to play for both. Uh, it is or it's random number. It is neither of those. I'll, I'll tell you how it's organized. I did it by alphabetical order of their amateur team. Oh, screw you. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't help you at all, the order that they're in. All right, here we go. Yeah, okay, let's hear the first three clues. All right, so this player's current age, he is 55 years old. Why are they always 50? <laughs> he played 777 career NHL games. Oh, good for him. And most recently played for the St. Louis Blues. How many clues do you think it will take you before you can guess this player? I'm just trying to go through. Uh, what what's the order of the clues again? So it uh, it will be amateur team, height and weight. Help. That won't help. Draft position. Draft might team. Help. Might help. 
years that he played. Okay. Combined Ottawa and Toronto points. Give me five. Five? One, two, three, yeah. four, five. So you think years played is where you're going to get it? I think so. Okay. All right, so clue number one. His amateur team was Acton Boxborough High School. High school. Oh, so he was drafted right out of high school then. Yeah. Oh, good for him. Okay. Uh, sure, that doesn't help. Next clue. Well, it he, never fucking helps. He was six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds. A little bit on the bigger side. My guess would probably be a defenseman then. No, I don't know too many defensemen that played for both. Uh, next clue, please and thank you. Uh, drafted first round, fifth overall. Oh. Okay. Huh. It wasn't Aki Berg, was it? I don't think he played for for Ottawa. I don't is even that, know if he played for that long. Is that your guess? No. I'll uh <laughs> Because I'm not confident on Berg. I'm not, I'm not confident enough on that. I'll take... Um... Here, I'll give you a hint. You should not be confident on Aki Because <laughs> I, I just... I know he was a high pick that played for Toronto that didn't really pan out as well as anyone hoped he would. I just... I don't remember if he was... I remember that this guy played uh, 55... Or, sorry, 777 games. Yeah. All right. Um, next clue. All right, his draft team was the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, ow, shit, that doesn't help. So the Buffalo Sabres drafted him out of high school, fifth overall. And, uh, you know, he's hockey player sized, so 6'3", 210. <laughs> slightly, slightly bigger hockey player size. Yeah. All right, give me years played. Okay, years played. Uh, 1983. To 2003. So he was on St. Louis in 2003. He played for Ottawa and Toronto. I hate that. I hate that so much. I was hoping it would be like a Luke Richardson type thing where he played really late. Like maybe he was a late bloomer or something. Okay. So he played that many games. And what was his playing year? Sorry. 1983 to 2003. So he played in the league for 20 played, years and played 700, like less than 800 games. Oh. Oh, so it's either someone who got injured a fair bit or maybe even a goalie. Shit, it better not be a goalie. <laughs> <laughs> Because I know there are three goalies that played for Ottawa and Toronto. There certainly are Jaguar. at least three goalies. Uh, there, it is not Jaguar because he played later. And it's not Damien Rhodes because I think he ended his career in Ottawa. But uh, I forget who the other one was. I think it was Tom Barrasso maybe? And he played a shit ton of games. But I don't remember if it was Barrasso. I remember it was a bigger name that I had no idea played for Ottawa. And I know when he played for Ottawa, it was at the tail end of his career where he was more so like a – he was brought on in the late 90s or mid-90s, I want to say. And I don't know why I think it was Barrasso. I'm pretty sure Barrasso played for, for 
Toronto. Either that or I'm just completely fucking off. But Damien Rhodes was a backup for a good chunk of his career, and I don't think he would have played that many games. I think he would have been closer to the four or 500 range, if that. Because even that's a lot spread out of 20 years, though. Shit, I'm convinced it's a goalie. It's not Jaguar because Jaguar came in to the league in like early 2000s, so it's not him. You're gonna Barrasso, make it. You're gonna make a guess, or you're gonna just keep stewing. Uh, there, I'm stewing. Fucking, I'm gonna say it's goalie Tom Barrasso. Holy fuck, Keegs, you got it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Woo! Oh, that feels good. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! I I couldn't believe that you actually came up with Tom Barrasso. That's uh, that's impressive. Because yeah, he yeah. he barely played for Ottawa. They got him at a I, trade deadline. And then the Leafs swept Ottawa out of the playoffs, I believe. And then he was gone that offseason. Yeah, exactly. I remember we got him just for a playoff run. The only reason why I know that is before we even had mentioned the starting this podcast, you, me, and Dad had a conversation in the kitchen of goalies who played for Ottawa and Toronto. Because I thought it was only uh, Rhodes and Jaguar. Or not Jaguar. I keep saying Jaguar. It's Gerber. It was Gerber, not Jaguar. Jaguar never played for Ottawa. Oh, and there was McElhenney. I forgot about McElhenney. Yeah, but, there, are, there are more goalies than just those three. Yeah, I, I realize that now. I won't yeah. say them because I'm sure it'll spoil things. But I remember, and then you or dad went, oh, yeah, and Tom Barrasso. And I was yeah. like, Tom Barrasso played for Ottawa? Yeah. Why had I never heard of that? See, and it's so funny, too, because uh, like Tom Barrasso wouldn't be known as a St. Louis Blue not maybe not necessarily a Buffalo Saber, but definitely not an Ottawa Senator or Toronto Maple Leaf. He'd be known as Pittsburgh a Penguin. Penguin. Yeah, that's where he yeah. had all of his best seasons. Um, yeah. Apart from his Calder Trophy winning year, like he got drafted and then went directly into the NHL and won the Calder Trophy. Yeah, out of high school. Out of high school. Yeah, like he was ridiculous. To, to be fair, all eighteen-year-olds that are drafted are basically coming out of high school. Fair. And like the U.S. National Development Program, like all the players drafted out of them, they're high schoolers. The reason yeah. why they're not in the NCAA is because they're not old enough to go to college or university yet. Well, no, they, they are old enough if they're 18. If they're finished high school, then they're, they're able to go to university. But uh, yeah, like what was impressive with Barrasso is that he did it as a goalie. Um, but yeah, yeah. The, the funny thing about Tom Barrasso, uh, let me just scroll down here. He is the only player on this list to get zero points combined with Ottawa and Toronto. Well, how long did he play for Toronto? Not like he didn't play for Toronto very long, but what it no. like, the, like there are he two was a reasons. Senator for like 15 games. Like there are two reasons why that's funny is there are other goalies on this list who got points with the teams. Uh, but yeah. Tom Barrasso is the all time leading scorer for goalies in NHL history. Like points for points. Yeah. Really? I didn't know that. All-time leading scorer. He's got 48 points in his career. Good for him. Playing for 20 years? Two points a season? Yeah. Two and a half points a season. Granted, he did play for the Mario Lemieux and Yarmir Yager Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah, but zero points combined for Ottawa and Toronto. The only player on my list. Hmm. Everybody else has at least one. I'm real happy I got that. I'm really impressed you got it, actually. So uh, was, I've got some knowledge. That's the first one you've gotten, right? I got Richardson. I just got okay. him one. I got him one clue after I thought I would. That's right. Yeah. 
So technically lost that one. So, yeah, so far you're one for three on this. Yeah, and then there was Per Gustafson. Yeah, because no one was fucking getting Per Gustafson. No, but I got, yeah, I got, yeah, I'm actually real. I'm really happy that I got that. As soon as you said the years, I knew the years is what's going to get me. That's the one that usually I get the, uh, I find the easiest to do. Because then, especially if their last team was Ottawa or Toronto, I just think, okay, who on Toronto or Ottawa in that year retired or went to a different league, right? Right. Like there's one player I have like stored in my brain because I know he would trip me up because he played for Toronto for like two or three seasons and then Ottawa for half a season. And then he fucked off to Europe. So there's that player that I've been like making sure I don't forget that I'm pretty sure he's knocking out other players in my memory, but I'm feeling good. You <laughs> thought that was going to take me down. I got in the exact amount of clues I thought I would. Yeah. That's, oh. that's impressive. Yeah. Good job. All right. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll start our wrap up here. Uh, what do you want? What have you been watching? What have you been listening to Keeks? What do you want to uh, plug here? Um, I, I didn't realize until you mentioned it last episode that, uh, the Haley Salvian podcast had started with, um, I forget her co-host's name. Graham Nichols. Uh, but thank the you. Graham Nich- sense. Not the sixth sense, common sense. No, his name on uh, on or his handle on Twitter is the Sixth Sends. Oh, like and the then their podcast sense? name, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then their podcast name rather than Common Sense is Common Sense. Yeah, yeah. I've been listening. I I listened to the first two episodes of that where they talked about, pardon me, the draft, and then their second episode was talking about Alfie being snubbed for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, I've been doing a lot of just hockey reading and watching a lot of hockey YouTube videos on both people analyzing the playing rounds as well as I, I obviously as a sense fan keep up to date with all the draft picks and all the prospects going into this upcoming draft. Um, girlfriend and I've been watching South park. We're finally on season 23. I'm still trying to get her to get through season one of game of Thrones, but she hasn't, she's halfway through it and she refuses to watch anymore. Yeah. Fuck. There was a show that I have no interest in revisiting now. <laughs> I like, I, we, we watched seasons like one through 13 together. And I was like, Oh yeah. Like this is great. And oh, then you, it, you, yeah, no, sorry. I was talking about game of Thrones actually. <laughs> oh, game of Thrones. Yeah. As, I, as much as I loved it when it was on, like I have no interest in going back and watching it. Once you know that uh, I'll, something I'll, isn't I'll, shit. Uh, yeah. I, I'd watch it like with Amanda, my girlfriend, because like she hasn't seen it before. So I, I'd, I'd watch it with her, but just in terms of, you know, if I'm looking for something to watch and I, I want to rewatch something, Game of Thrones isn't even on my mind. I like I have never been so just genuinely sad about how a show ended. Like oh, I was yeah. for I, Game of Thrones. I, like, I, I I don't get people that like adults that throw hissy fits at um like s- fictional stuff that they like not doing the stuff they want it to, but yeah, when after the end of game of thrones i was like you know what fuck this show <laughs> yeah i believe i devoted like, so much time and energy to this this is stupid yeah i know like seasons one through four were incredible the, the best so the best tv show maybe ever seasons one through four i would argue is some of the best television anyone will ever watch season five was okay season six was like okay something's going wrong here Seven was like, okay, this is rushed. Eight was like, this is just a straight dumpster fire in the middle of an oil fire. Yeah. Like, fuck me. But hey, and I still need to get through all 
the Studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever movies. I know. I haven't I, watched any of them. I've, uh, I got, what did I, I got Amanda to watch uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, which admittedly. I, I've it, never seen that one. Like, it's, it's really lighthearted and uh, like, it, it's a coming of age type thing. It's not necessarily the strongest um, introduction to the films. It, for, for somebody that's never like watched I'm... any of them, it, it's, it's not the best introduction. Like you, you, for that, you want to do Nasca, The Valley of the Wind, or Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, um, Howl's Spirited Away is prob- Spirited Away is probably the one to do it to be the best because it's the most like normal. Like it's not in some fictional setting so much. Where because like, talking it, about Spirited Away is yeah no no hear me out is it a it's, bathhouse for like demons and gods I know I know I know but like it starts off in the real in the real world like, yeah it's like it, it kind of takes set. place behind like a veil to the like spirit, the spirit world, world. Yeah. yeah exactly so I I kind of see what you mean there whereas Nausicaa is like a an, apocto- an a dystopian future. Um, and um, Princess, Princess Mononoke is just like straight a, fictional place, exactly. fictional feudal Japan, essentially. And Howl's Moving Castle is fun. Castle. Yeah, that like I, that was different because it's like steampunk. Yeah, I'd recommend Howl's Moving Castle to anybody that hasn't watched one of the movies before, um, especially because I believe it's based off of a book, so it's yeah. it's an interpretation as opposed to like an original work. So that kind of gives you an idea of at least what the uh, the style of the other ones are going to be like. But um, that's Christian Bale, right? Yeah, he does. Christian the voice Bale's of Howl, right? Yeah. Uh, did you know that Liam Neeson is in Ponyo? You know what? I've only seen Ponyo once. I didn't love it. Um, it's not great. No, it's not one of my favorites. But yeah, Liam Neeson's in it, and same with uh, I think Miley Cyrus's younger sister plays Ponyo. Well, the the really fun one is uh, Shia LaBeouf being in uh, Princess Mononoke. I think. What? Yeah. Who is he in Princess Mononoke? Because that when that came out, he was a child. I feel like it wasn't Mononoke now. Shit. May have been one of the other ones when he was yeah, doing like, it, it Stevens have, it on Disney. Spirited away then. I, I can't remember which one it was, but uh, Shia LaBeouf is in is a voice in one of them. Um, but yeah, so he wasn't the river spirit in Spirited Away, was he? No, he wasn't. That that guy's voice was way too okay. deep. Um, but yeah, so for other stuff that I've been watching, I just finished my like third or fourth rewatch of Veep. Highly recommend to anybody. It's, How is that? It's hilarious. It's so good. Um, there, there is a lot of like politics type stuff um, because it's about the vice president of the United States in, in a fictional mm. world. But um, it's it's so funny. I love it so much. Richard Splett is my probably my favorite character in the show he's hilarious he's also the only clean character uh he's the only one that doesn't curse everybody else like oh my god the stuff that they say is wild but it (laughs) it's hilarious it's so funny highly recommend you know what show i want to rewatch? parks and rec oh yeah parks and rec that needs to get on netflix or something it's such a bummer that it's on amazon prime because i don't want to pay for amazon prime (laughs) No, I'm not. Well, are you an Amazon Prime member? No, I'm not. Okay. I can, I know you I can get... wait two days for the shit that I order on Amazon. I don't need it here right away. If I did, I'd drive to the store. <laughs> that's valid. Yeah, that, that's kind of my opinion on, on that. But 
I'm kind of interested to get Amazon Prime solely because of this Lord of the Rings show that they're going to be doing. Uh, honestly, that's going to be the breaking point for me. If that when that comes out, if it's if it turns out to be good, I'm probably going to be getting Prime. Like I don't even have a regular Amazon account, but I will get Amazon Prime if that show is going to be good. Because uh, ooh, The Witcher season yeah. two should be coming out in September. What do you mean? Ugh. Yeah, that was a did not finish like for it? me. Yeah, I tried to finish it. Like we we started it up, got through two episodes, and then uh, partway through the uh, quarantine stuff, I, I revisited it, and then like I, I have the last episode to watch, and I have no interest in doing it. Really? Yeah, I really like. I liked Witcher. I don't know. It it could have been better, and it just never really grabbed my attention. Um, it 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 has a lot of potential to be really cool. Um, but I, I don't know. Yeah. For, just didn't for, grab your attention. Like it, you yeah. It, it just didn't grab it for me. I, I can absolutely see why a lot of people would like it, but, um, I, the consensus I'm getting is that, you know, it's fine. People, yeah. it was one of those net, like Netflix shows are turning into, they're just pumping out so many of them that a lot of the shows coming out now are just like, yeah, it's fine. I'll watch it. I'll enjoy it while I'm watching it, but I have no interest in, like, I don't care if another season comes out. Like, the only things that I would actually look forward to were Game of Thrones. I used to be really into, like, Flash and Arrow, but not not so much anymore. Yeah, oh, those, okay. those were some shows that I, uh, I binged through during the quarantine stuff. Um, I, I got through pretty much all of Flash and Supergirl. Um, they're, they're really good. It's just at a certain point, you have to be watching all of the shows in that universe. And then yeah. the, uh, the continuity gets all mixed up. Cause it's like, you get to a certain point and you're like, oh shit, well, I don't know what's going on here because I haven't been watching that other show. So I've got to go catch up on four seasons of whatever the hell has been going on in like legends of tomorrow in order to understand what's going on in Supergirl. So it's, uh, yeah, I I don't want it. I don't want. I wanted to watch Flash and Arrow. I didn't want to watch all of it. You know. I I will say Supergirl is probably the best show out of all of them now. Um, That's because she's like super cute. No, it's because it's actually good. <laughs> like, yeah, the yeah the Flash is the second best one. Arrow ended like a year ago or something. I think. Um, yeah, I haven't bothered right. watching the last season of it because like it doesn't really impact anything for me season two of arrow will probably forever be the best one season two of arrow was very good i that is that is my personal favorite i i'm excited to see uh the new batwoman because ruby rose as much as i like ruby rose yeah. she's she's not the she's not batwoman anymore so i'll have to go back and watch the first season and uh yeah catch the second one when it comes out but uh yeah i think that's it for today because we're like over time now yeah, yeah, it's probably a good time just to call it before we go into any more of a rant on these shows. Yeah, exactly. Like it's funny because now that I, now that we're both back to work, I I know I don't have any time to watch uh, new stuff. Um, well, my work's been slowing down a lot because uh, of the heat and just oh yeah, people for sure. getting a little. People just have been booked up. August for construction usually gets slow if you're in residential, which I am. So it's just it's getting to that time where I'm slowing down. So I'm going to be trying to work out a bit more regularly because i haven't in like three weeks which is bad um but maybe i'll be able to get up get up to speed on some of my show watching but yeah i'll let you do the outro stuff since i was kind enough to do all the intro all right um 
So thanks again for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is the same for both. It is at Little Hockey Pod, all one word. Uh, you can follow me, Jordan, on Twitter at jsmall1771. And you can follow Keegan at lil underscore little 28. Um, make sure you subscribe to the show on your favorite uh, podcasting app. Uh, and if you're able to, uh, please make sure you rate and review us on those apps. Uh, five stars is great if you like the show. Um, please make sure that you do that because uh, it helps us climb up in the algorithms for all of those apps. And it'll make it easier for other people to find the show. Uh, and, you know, we'll make the same pitch we do every episode that uh, the more people that listen, the more we can justify upgrading our hardware and stuff uh, to help make it a better listening experience for all of you. So uh, thanks again for sharing um, your you know, this last hour and a bit with us. Um, we can't wait to actually talk some hockey on the next episode. Some actual on the ice results coming up in a few weeks. I know. Can you believe it? And we have, I can We have some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be Pierre Maguire. Can you believe it? Yes. Yes. Yes, I can. <laughs> yes, I uh, can. We do have some ideas that we're going to try out during this playing rounds as kind of like a trial run for the season as well. So look forward to that. You'll definitely notice it when it comes out because it'll be very obvious. Yes. Um, yeah. And get excited yeah. for that. Yeah, absolutely. So again, rate and review the show, uh, particularly on um, Apple podcasts, uh, rate us five stars if you like us um, and follow, unfollow and refollow us. Cause that also helps drive us up in the algorithm. Uh, so until next time, uh, catch you later, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.